0: TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind the scenes exclusives. All thanks to E Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! I want to hear him say. (laughs) Hear him say. Hey!
1: Well,
2: well
1: done. A little change from our well usual.
2: Well done. Yeah, we just we we come in and you know we come in and worship you today.
1: A little different from the hardcore praise fest, <laughs> but nice nonetheless. It
2: is. It is. What's up, everybody? You are here, of course, at the Preachers of Lake after show. Uh, I am your host, Lim Gonzalez, and I am here. With the one, the only, only. the incomparable,
1: incomparable Miss
2: Tiffany Williams. That's
1: right. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Just me and you tonight, Lim.
2: We hanging out. We hanging out. And it's Dietrich singing his song, Well Done. And one Dietrich. of his great
1: hits. One of his great gospel songs. It is.
2: It is. And he's kind of, you know, crossing over a little bit and trying wanting to, to getting to, yeah, the keyword is trying. Uh, but we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. But first off, um, let's talk about this gang summit. So basically the title of this episode, uh, was Increase the Peace. Yep. Um, and it is because uh, of a gang summit that, and we've heard about this throughout, you know, the episodes that this is something that was on Ron's heart, Ron Gibson. Um, Bishop Gibson and that he wanted to do um, in uh, kind of the imperial courts where he was raised, right. uh, where he grew up and where he lived a, a large portion of his life. And he wanted to go back and kind of, you know, bring back, um, he wanted to do some speaking there and just kind of reach out to the people that were there. Uh, so we got to see it and it pretty much encompassed the entire episode. I was kind of confused
1: about this one because I this isn't the same gang summit that him and Noel and the other preachers are planning or is it no
2: well the, the what they're all the what the all the pastors were doing is they were reaching la remember it was preach la and then ron gibson was reach la um i think ron was doing a component of that which was like a gang component but this is a separate entity from that endeavor so we'll see another
1: gang outreach sort of thing happening later in the season well
2: i I think well it'll be part of the
1: the larger the
2: larger thing i think it's just a component which is you know how Noel jones is, is heading it up of course right and I think that's why I really wanted Ron because he can reach out to those members. So I think it was just going to be a portion of it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, this is something totally different. This is, it sounds like it was something that Ron was, you know, kind of spearheading along with um, some of the other community leaders that were there. Um, and there was a lot going on. Sits a Soldier, uh, which was at the forefront of this. Um, and her, her story kept br- getting brought up a right. lot. Um, she lost two sons like within three months of each other, which is very sad. It's
1: very sad. Very
2: sad. Very sad. One, at least one of them was not even a gang member, which when they first started talking about it, I was like, okay, they were both gang members, but one wasn't even a gang member. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's very sad. And so she was kind of uh, giving her her story and they were kind of talking about her story a lot throughout the episode. Um, So as a whole, um, being that this is a gang summit, do you think that. Based on what we saw, what they showed us, do you think that they made some progress? Do you think that there was something that was done? Like, do you think it bettered the community? What do you think?
1: I think we had to jump several hurdles <laughs> <laughs> this episode <laughs> to get to the the core of what they meant to do. Right. Like, the first strike... Being a pastor, starting problems when he's there to fix problems. Like, what yeah. the heck are you thinking, Bishop yeah. Gibson? Yeah. Why are you starting fights with people?
2: See, I was I was trying to hold out for that, but you know,
1: that's the this is the heart the, the, of this. Thanks, <laughs> Summit.
2: I was trying to try to wait for that. So yeah, so let's get into that. So. Like we said, Ron Gibson is there, um, he has, like I said, the community leaders there that are helping him, um, with this, and they're marching, and basically, there's a scene where he's walking with some of the people that he's with, and there's a guy, and his name is Loco. Right. As we find out. And he's kind of taunting. He comes up behind
1: him, him and his crew with cameras. With cameras, right. And they're like, saying, you are not from here, you're basically an imposter. Right.
2: They called him, they said he was a fraud, um, basically, who's being fraud? Uh, kind of like a tone that if you would see somebody coming in that has a lot of money that would come into an urban area and try to act like like oh I'm from here and I'm you know which which. Does happen. And I think he was maybe trying to expose him. And I think the whole thing was because as we find out, Ron hasn't been there in years. Right. Um, he hasn't been around there and even said that, um, he was talking about Watts riots back in the sixties. Right. So we're in 2014 right now. So, um, I think what happened was he's been gone. This guy, he was gone long before this guy was even born. Yeah. Well, he was saying this. He was gone longer than this guy was even born. Like he, he's been, he was gone already when this guy even came on the scene, Mm -hmm. this guy loco. So this guy know nothing about Ron Gibson. So he, you know, just kind of taunting, which was, which was rude. Let's keep it real. It was
1: rude. Oh Gibson. Was (laughs) it rude though?
2: I think, I think he was being, he was being rude. Here's Ron. He wasn't, he's there, you know, for the betterment of the community. I think this guy just, you know, this is his hood. This is where he's from. What have you. And I think he was more or less in his own way, trying to protect what was going on he's in the sense that he's trying to
1: protect his neighborhood. He's like a the gatekeeper, integrity. yeah, the for integrity. the neighborhood. Right. and I can see him. I'm gonna have to side with Loco on this oh, one. Gosh. Okay, <laughs> shocker. I'm <laughs> signing with Loco. Um, <laughs> but I thought he was okay. His approach may have been wrong, right. but I can see him wanting to protect his neighborhood because right. you get these people especially in LA right. that just want to come for the cameras like you right. haven't been here without the cameras why right. are you here now with all these people right. looking I don't trust you that's no. not genuine
2: absolutely absolutely and we've talked about that you know we especially with Bishop Gibson because we've seen that like with his his niece and his great nephews and how he like oh okay let me have him come live with me and all these things that's happened throughout the season that why didn't this happen before
1: do you think he would have done that gang thing without the cameras around or was the show a motivation to go back to his community?
2: I think the show was definitely a motivation.
1: He wouldn't have been there without the camera. I don't
2: know that he wouldn't have been there, but it wouldn't have been to this degree. Um, and it wasn't like it was a huge turnout either, mm-hmm. but I think the cameras definitely motivated him going there because what it does is it puts him in a good light, seeing like, oh, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to reach out to my community and I'm going to be there for them and hey, come, come along and, and film me doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but because excuse me, the cameras were there. We did see him kind of while out, which I was very surprised. I mean, here he is. And but he's
1: an OG though. I know, but <laughs>
2: at the same token, he's an OG, but he's also a Bishop now, right? This is not a lifestyle that he's lived for years. And I think it was good that his friend, um, And his wife put him in check and kind of like let him know, because basically he came at dude and dude didn't come at him aggressively in the sense like, I'm going to hurt you.
1: It was confrontation. You know, he
2: he did. He was he was taunting him. He was taunting him. He was by his side. He didn't ever get in his face. But Ron Gibson, he basically like, what are you talking about? I'm from here. And he's like, dude's like, I'm not from here. And if you saw, he's kind of standing his ground. Ron Gibson was the one that approached him. Mm-hmm. And then once he approached him, then the guy was like, hey, you better back up. And then Ron, of course, feeling his manhood or whatever. He got he, all up in his oh, manhood. He Short <laughs> manhood.
1: Every little card he could pull. You
2: know, and I think maybe some of that is, you know, Napoleon complex. I don't know. Because he is a shorter man. right? And he feels like, you know, maybe he had to defend himself a lot when he was younger. Who knows? But the bottom line Is he was the aggressor? He became the aggressor. He came at dude, and then of course they had to break it up. And my thing is because he was the one that was supposed to be leading this, keeping the peace. He's the one that's not bringing the peace. right He's bringing chaos, which he did state later. And I do appreciate the fact that he did go to him and apologize. I think it took a lot for him to do so Mm -hmm. because.
1: Well, he was like, "How would you handle it? How would you handle it, Lem? If someone was, (laughs) if you were there." for positive things and someone mm-hmm. came up to you like that how would you approach it
2: What I would do is if if someone came at me like that I would you know approach them in a way that wasn't confrontational. Pull
1: them to the side. Exactly.
2: Like, hey, let me highlight you. Hey, what's going on? Like right. what, what what's the issue? Like find out why they're doing it. because there's obviously usually a reason behind. He doesn't just want to get up there and taunt him for no reason. Mm-hmm. There's a reason behind it. So find out what the reason was and then say, oh man, it was not even like that. I'm from here, we're doing this gang summit. You know, he did that afterwards, which right. he could have done that in the first place. But the whole thing was he immediately his old flesh, you know what the church people say, yo flesh <laughs> <laughs> got a hold of him and that old man rose up and he just he was ready to like what's
1: up you right. know what I'm
2: saying defend his his self or his honor or, or whatever
1: luckily he didn't have good people around him right. and sister soldier definitely jumped in there too she's yeah. like this is in the name of my son you're right. gonna apologize right now exactly uh, i would have been so embarrassed though how out of character <laughs> is that but it was commendable for him to go over and right his wrong and then when he did get a chance to talk to loco we find out that loco is actually i thought he was a pretty intelligent young man oh like, yeah he seemed very well spoken very aware mm-hmm. of what he was doing like he's mm-hmm. not crazy
2: Absolutely. And and when he was talking to him, his thing was he was like, we need he was about the youth. Right. He's like, we need to change these youth. We need to get to these youth that are going on because they are the ones that are the most impressionable. Um, as we saw one of the other gentlemen that uh, Ron had actually prayed for and Jay Hayslip prayed for. in one of the couple of seasons when they were out there kind of witnessing, uh, he came around and this guy, he said um, he was currently in the gang. And he got in when he was 10. Mm -hmm. And it's like they get in so young. And it's like if the young men don't have any role models or don't have anything to do outside of what's going on, that's what they're going to turn to because it's all they have. You know, a lot of them, the fathers are not in the home. So there's no father figure. So they're being raised by a single mother. And then, you know, the streets end up teaching them. And so they go to the streets. And that's why they get up, caught up, because that is their sense of family. But. If they had better role models and people to go out there and have some mentoring programs or whatever, you know, which I thought was good uh, that Jay did um, because he was also part of this um in another area mm-hmm. where he was giving out skateboards and he had uh, a pro skater there which is one of the ministers um in his church, Christian Hussoy, um, who, you know, is a pro skater and they they ministered to him. Right. And they gave him skateboards and you saw him skating around the wallet and so like,
1: <laughs> I was a little kid, nervous. I'm like, so- Y'all gonna give all these kids skateboards, you're not gonna give them he- what about the helmets, knee pads. I, mean, <laughs> I was like, "You gonna give?" <laughs> That's like a liability, right? Right.
2: I'm like, all these kids from the hood on skateboards, on skateboards. going around. Just, I like one kid. <laughs> you see the one kid? He's like, "Wow, he's amazing." He just goes at. No, he's gonna kill he's himself. he's gonna Kill himself. And it's gonna be your fault. To- the
1: next time you see that guy, he's gonna have a neck right, brace. Right. On- right.
2: Yeah, that was hilarious. But they
1: were happy. They were. But they it were. did seem like there was a low turnout to this whole event.
2: Yeah, they I, needed I, Levette.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, Levette was there. Loretta.
2: Oh, they Loretta. needed Loretta. Loretta, Loretta. To spearhead, spearhead that event to get right, some good publicity going. Cause. Yeah, I, I thought when I saw like kind of when they panned out uh, and I think it was after they had marched and they were at the place where uh, one of the gentlemen gave a really heartfelt speech because one of the kids, uh, one of uh, Sitsa Soldier's sons died right in that spot. In that spot. Uh, which was horrific. Um But they were talking about that and then you see him pan out and you see everybody that's there and I'm like,
1: hmm. It's like a handful. Yeah,
2: I'm like, but at the end of the day, you know, you gotta plant a seed. Right. Uh, and so I, I don't think the low turnout really showed you know, how well it went. I think it was important that they did it no matter what happened, that they planted to the seed, that they were there, that they were talking about peace, and hopefully sparked some change. I did like the fact that we saw some of the other people that we've seen in previous episodes, uh, like the one um, I cannot think of her name. I meant uh, to yeah. write it down. Um, that was talking about
1: Who Married the Crip. Exactly. The blood, who yeah, the crip.
2: blood Who Married the Crip. And she was like, um, yeah, I'm not all the way out yet, but I'm working on she it. She had her know? purse on her shoulder, yeah. <laughs> giving her speech. Right. <laughs> she was like,
1: she I'm, knows I'm, what's up. Huh? Let me just say this real quick.
2: <laughs> real quick, because I got because go.
1: I got to go. I gotta go.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, we saw some and some in, some a lot of uh interesting stories, uh, a lot of people, you know, just talking about their past and kind of just giving their testimony in a sense uh to the people that were there and and for the sole purpose of saying do not go down this road. Mm-hmm. This is not a road you want to go down and I think it's important that they do that and that we do that as a community and that I hope that you know, whether this keeps going on or, I mean, I hope that it spawns something that they could see, OK, this this works. Let's continue doing this. Let's keep bringing this awareness because, you know, at the end of the day, these 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 is preachers of L.A. Right. And they are called to reach the masses. And
1: it's all about visibility. Right. And even if they aren't, you know, doing some grand thing, mm-hmm. they are showing people another way of living right. life and what good can come out of stopping the violent lifestyle. Of exactly. The streets. So. Amen to them. Amen. And and good for them for for even taking the time out of their schedule, like Absolutely. to do that. I wish all of the pastors were there, but I guess <laughs> we'll see that in the big finale,
2: right when they have the uh, the, the the preach la the preach la, LA. right. Well, that's the. Uh, <laughs> I do want to talk about um, Ron. Um, I think there's never an episode that goes by that he doesn't have one of his some. Um... And so uh, he said, um, "I'm not new to it." I'm true to it. Uh. Yes. And then he like did a double because then right after that he said, if a brother know better, they would do better.
1: I just wonder if they, I mean, if people receive him, because like when I was watching Jay do his little speech, it was right. a bunch of little kids like they weren't right. paying attention. they were like, give us the skateboards. Shut well, up. I mean,
2: but that's kids, though. I mean, you know, their attention span. If you're ever a teacher or anything in school, you know, it's very hard to keep a child's attention.
1: Okay, and the same in the streets. Like you can't be doing nursery rhymes in <laughs> you on the streets of the Imperial Courts.
2: That's Ron State. That's what he does. I mean, I think he's just always going to be that way. I mean, I think overall, aside from, of course, what happened, you know, when he kind of had his moment, you know, the fact that he apologized, you know, he humbled himself. I know that was very difficult to do because especially it happened, you know, with in in a space where he was supposed to be the person that was supposed to be the example. Yeah. So I think that's why it was important that he did apologize. And, you know, he came at dude and and I think dude received it overall. Uh, you know, whether they agreed, you know, overall about how he came at him, I think overall the, the whole point was that they were trying to do better for the community.
1: You know, one other thing I was curious about this episode was Christy's lack of involvement. Really? Yeah. I mean, so far this season, she has not been involved in anything. She's not been there. She's you not, mean like
2: outreach wise? Or? Outreach
1: wise, whatever her husband is doing, she's never really there. Hmm. Have you noticed that? All of the other first ladies have a very active role in their husband's right. life and ministry. But every time Jay is going to do anything, Chrissy mm-hmm. just gives him a little hug and says good luck with that.
2: And doesn't go and, with it. Uh,
1: see you for dinner. Tonight. I think,
2: yeah, I, I'm thinking about the previous episode. I think you're right. I think a lot of it goes with. Um, I think it's her own insecurities personally, and the only reason oh, why you I think say she's that
1: insecure. Well,
2: only reason why I say that is because of the the episode that we saw when she was talking about people wanting her to preach, right? And she was like, "I don't know if that's my calling. I don't know. I don't want to really go there." And I think that she's insecure about that because when they go out and they do these things, you know, they're 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 preaching, you know, they're ministering uh to these individuals. Uh when Jay had the the young man that was on the street, you know, he was he was ministering to him. Same thing when they went out, you know, in poor courts imperial courts the first time. He was ministering. So I think she may it may be a situation where she's hesitant because she's not
1: she's afraid to uh, fully embrace exactly what could come out of going to one of she can bake brownies.
2: <laughs> she I mean she can lend the support obviously. She I can, feel like
1: she's supporting from from afar, this whole season,
2: she 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 may well. be. I
1: wonder what she spends her time doing now. Like I'm curious.
2: Well, whether she was going to be pottery or what pottery. was it? There was jewelry <laughs> or something, right? Jewelry. I mean, those are things. I think it's just her heart. I think her heart is for her husband. But I think when it comes down to outreach and ministry, because when we, when we see them in the church, like at the church service, she's there. She's not on. We haven't seen her on the pulpit yet. But, you know, when he's ministering, she's there. But I think when it comes down to when he goes out, I think it's just something that it's a separate entity. Do you she think she should play
1: him. a more active role in the ministry?
2: I don't want to judge that because I don't know what they have. I mean, they may have an arrangement where that's what he does when he goes out. Maybe he doesn't want her there. I, I don't. It. I I doubt it too. <laughs> I'm just kind of just playing it just from both sides. Being generous, yeah, I am. Being I want to know what
1: you guys think. Do you think Christy should play a more active role in Pastor Jay's ministry? Should she come to those events? Should she start laying hands on people? Right. What do you guys think? Let us know. And while you're at it, also check out us on iTunes. Yes. Give us five stars. Rate, subscribe, leave us comments because we do read them. Uh, Let us know what you think. Last week we got quite a few people that commented on our conversation about Noel and his lady love. Uh, A lot of people seem to think that we're going too easy on him. Like uh, B. Lannister on Twitter seems to think that uh Lavette is a uh Loretta she says Lavette is a Jezebel and really? a liar and that we're being way too generous and then we got Kim Walker on YouTube who says that Bishop Jones and Loretta actually started their relationship for TV only and Loretta happened to catch feelings uh in the process mm. of it which is pretty interesting theories that interesting. about that cuz we were really nice to them last week
2: <laughs> <laughs> We were I mean but my thing is I mean it goes to being You have to have a level of respect for these people. It's just like, I feel like the, and and I put this because I grew up in church and I esteem my leaders and people that have, you know, that I'm under when it comes to that, the president of the United States, I may not agree with what he does or says, but I'm not going to disrespect him because he is the president. And that's kind of what I hold in regard to a lot of these pastors and preachers. Yeah. They're putting their stuff out there and and doing what they do. But at the same token, I'm not going to bash, bash, bash them because you know, God is their judge. You know, they have to go before God at the end of the day. So
1: You're so kind and I'm, diplomatic.
2: <laughs> but I am going to give my opinion. The rest still. of us
1: out here <laughs> <laughs> are going to judge because they they want to be judged. That's good ratings if we're well, judging them harshly. they are putting
2: it out there. So, so there it goes.
1: Jezebels, <laughs> beware.
2: <laughs> so let's talk about Dietrich um, because aside from the gang summit, he really was the only one that had a story going on. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I don't think we had seen anything – uh, leading up to this, to this point. You know, he talked to uh, someone from his management team. Rhoda. Uh, yes, Rhoda, who, uh, about kind of doing some crossover music. And, you know, I've been a fan of, of Dietrich's music for a while, actually... Had the pleasure of opening it from him some years ago. Whoa, yeah, wait yeah, a minute. You yeah. tell. <laughs> it was cool. You was, sang? Uh, no, no. You did I some poetry. Sing. I did poetry. Yeah, I did a poem. Oh, so you so, know
1: Dietrich all along?
2: Yeah, I don't know him. Okay, <laughs> but <laughs> I did open for him. Is that uh, why you
1: protect him when I call him sneaky? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is not why.
1: That's your bread and butter. No, no. But
2: it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was a cool concert. It was back uh, where I, I moved here to L.A. from, and uh, it was dope. It was dope, and he did a really good job. Um, and like I said, I, I've been a fan of his music for years and I always thought that he was very contemporary already mm-hmm. so to me him talking about you know wanting to do crossover it wasn't a shock because I feel like his music was kind of already at the brink right there So um, what did you feel about that when he said
1: that? I think it's like normal to ruffle feathers whenever you're doing something outside of the box. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to have something to say from it, especially when it's dealing with gospel music. If you're straying away from the Negro spiritual, (laughs) (laughs) then somebody's not going to like it. A lot of people probably aren't. And Kirk Franklin dealt with that, too. He wanted Mm -hmm. to go more mainstream. But I was surprised just how mainstream Dietrich is trying to be. Mm. Like, he's going there.
2: Well, I, it's interesting because if you look at kind of his trajectory of what's going on, he obviously, you know, he ha- he's in the show, Heavy. He's the executive producer of this show. He has a new show, uh, fix my choir, which is also kind of going into mainstream media, you know, on the oxygen network there. Uh, and then I think he's doing a lot of other things publicly, becoming more of a public figure. So for me, I think he's trying to just expand his brand. I think it's just a matter. Um, he doesn't want to be pigeonholed in just doing gospel music. He's like, he's, you know, through the, through the medium of, of, of TV, television, um, and other, you know, social media outlets. I feel like he's, he feels like he can break you know, break out and kind of have a wider audience. Mm -hmm. And I've seen other people do that. I remember there's a a prominent gospel artist who I'm a very good fan of. He's had, you know, uh, tons of albums. And I remember seeing him on the voice. And he auditioned for The Voice, and his reasoning was because, yeah, he's he's done gospel concerts, and he's been doing that. I think at that point he had been doing it 10 years, but he wanted to reach a, a bigger audience. Not that he would change what his message was about or what he would sing about. He just wanted to reach a different audience.
1: But his message, your message is going to change when you change your style of music. Like, he wasn't singing about God in that showcase well, at he, all. He was
2: singing about love. He was singing about
1: love. And was, God exactly. is love. Right. He
2: was singing about love. But, Whatever. But, but the thing is, is there something
1: wrong?
0: There are dollar
1: signs written all (laughs) over his greedy (laughs) face. He's he's ep two shows. He's the star of this one. He's Mm -hmm. the star of the other one. It's obvious that he only wants more money. And he's, you know, he made a note that no gospel singer has sold out a stadium before, mm-hmm. and he wants to be the first, he I wants guess. To do that. And so, this is definitely a move motivated by money. I don't know how much is motivated by him wanting to spread the gospel. So he says, I wonder. Even if he goes forth with this mainstream route, will he lose some of the gospel within himself? Like, you think he'll stray away from the church at all, or is that his main thing? I mean, I I think this is a distraction.
2: I think historically maybe not so much in gospel music but in other like christian artists i've seen them cross over. amy grant comes to mind she's more old school a lot of people may not know about her but she started off as a christian artist and she crossed over into you know mainstream and pop and she became a really successful artist recording artist her music wasn't you know obviously wasn't Christian, but it wasn't like crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's not like she went over to the deep end and became something that wasn't part of who she was. And my thing is, I think definitely someone can, can become an artist that is considered more well-rounded, not just the typical gospel genre that they could cross over and, you know, talk about love because at the end of the day, if you're in a relationship, you can be in a god relationship. You love that person. Do you want to listen? You know, you're getting, you know, in the bedroom. You're married. You know what I'm saying? In the bedroom. Do you want to keep me near the cross? Do you want to hear that? Like, you know what I'm saying? When you're relaxing with your husband? On the
1: same note, like, I feel like Dietrich is a thin line. He was kind of pelvic thrusting up there on he that stage. He was not pelvic. Oh,
2: see, now you're stretching. Like, we're
1: almost like you're R. Kelly. Stretching. Like, he's you, been, no, I he don't not. see nothing wrong. No, he did
2: not. He did <laughs> not do You he he, are making that
1: song away from (laughs) baby making music. What did you think about the new music?
2: I mean, what they showed us and what I heard, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. You not like think
1: it. You would buy it. I didn't
2: think, I mean, I'd have to listen to all of it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my thing is, I think that it's good that he is, you know, I mean, you even like, let's take um, T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes throws on Megafest and he has jazz artists there. He has, I mean, a lot of secular different artists that are there that perform. Uh, that's part of this whole, and he's a bishop. You know what I'm saying? But he puts this on. And the whole thing is that it's nothing is crazy. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, he still allows that to be part of what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I think the whole thing is... If you're doing music, it should be good music. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like there's a lot of people who listen to gospel music that don't just listen to gospel music. Why not give them something else that they could listen to that they don't have to worry about feeling like, oh my gosh, what did he say? You know, like an artist, like you know, who you just mentioned earlier. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> like so, yeah. So my thing is, I, I I'm I'm all for it. I mean, and I think it was good that. Um, you know, the person he was told who's the the management Rhoda. Rhoda, thank you. I think it was good that she said, Make sure you get a hit. Right. Don't just be like, okay, I'm going to do secular music and then it's whack. Yeah. Because then you're really going to tank and then you're going to lose your gospel fans and then you're not going to have any new secular fans or what have you. So I think a lot of times people do that and it's been said of Mary Mary, the same thing. Mary Mary has been very contemporary their whole time, but a lot of their music, they've done songs with secular artists. They've, you know, their music has been crossed over and played in secular realms. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And their message is still there. So...
1: I mean, what I didn't like to see was so much all the resistance that he got. About this new idea. Like, his manager was, Mm -hmm. like, pump the brakes on that. Mm -hmm. Dominique was like, aren't you scared they're going to say you sold out? Like, I hate that. Be supportive, people. I hate when creative people have a hunch. Let them follow that hunch. Like, he has not steered him wrong yet. So I trust his decision making. And there is something to be said about branching out to people that don't normally see you. That is how you grow your audience. If you're doing the same thing all the time, Mm -hmm. no one's going to see you. So I think that's also the beauty of the preachers of L.A. TV show Mm -hmm. the different people that they're getting through reality tv even though td jakes turns his nose up at it it's working right you got me i would not be touching that with a 10-foot pole exactly otherwise so i think that he has you know Mm -hmm. something on his mind and i think that it's going to turn out nicely for him absolutely
2: so we will see. So that being said, let's get into uh, predictions. Prediction. Kind of talk about that, and that's a great segue.
1: Yep. And
0: now your After Buzz TV Woo. predictions.
1: So first off, I'm going to predict that Dietrich Haddon will be the next Star Kelly, <laughs> <laughs> making baby making oh music, my gosh, and no. it's going to be very successful. And we're going to hear his rise to fame all over again.
2: That's a prediction. That story. Oh gosh. Um, Okay, so I think that uh, we will see a little bit more, you know, talking about the music. I think we'll see more about that. I think what he may be doing, especially because he out is using this show as a platform, he may be looking at, you know, releasing a secular album that would be, like, before the the, the show ends, that, you know, can be, produ- you know what I'm saying, promoted. So, I think that that's well on his way to kind of people want to see his fans now, and then the new fans, because, like you said, you wouldn't be watching the show otherwise. Some of the people that watch the show never heard of him. Right. So, now they're like, oh, I want to hear what his music is going to sound like. Something sounds good. So, I think he's going to definitely go into that and i think we're going to see more with um going back into our other characters that we didn't see which is um noel jones and loretta i think we're gonna that part is still isn't fixed yet i think there's going to be some more with that whole relationship dynamic and everything that's going on with that
1: there's a lot of healing that has to happen we yeah. also see jay go back to alabama looks like he's yes. going to be mending a relationship yeah. with his mother that yeah. should be interesting i that saw tears
2: yeah and the- he had talked about his mother i uh, had him at 15 yeah so uh, he did mention that this episode so should be very interesting make sure you tune in and that is the end of this show uh make sure you tune in next week uh and be back here with this Preachers of LA, I'm your host, Lim Gonzalez, and you can always find me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at The Poet Saint, Tiff, where and can they find you? you can
1: find me on Twitter at Tiffs with a Z, Tweets with a Z
2: Alright, thank yeah. you so much everyone, have a good night, we'll see you next
0: week From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network